Good morning, honourable members. Uh, we we have the opportunity today to continue our our budget hearings, and um, we I think we still have a network problem or connection problem with the deputy minister. I'm going to ask uh, uh, if the deputy minister has joined us. If not, we're not going to do a long introduction. Um, I'm going to go straight away to the presentation. If we do not have the Deputy Minister online, we'll start with the presentation immediately and uh, then we'll open the floor for contributions and questions. Deputy Minister? Uh, if not... Chairperson, Chairperson the Deputy yes. Minister is struggling to, to connect. I have asked our IT guy to try to help him over the phone. Um, that's perfect. He could continue and uh, he could join the meeting when he is online. Um, could we then start with the presentation and uh, I hand over to you to start. Introduce the team and uh, start the presentation, please. Could we have all of our uh, gadgets muted, please? Um, thank you, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable uh, Members. With me, I've got my executive team. I've got uh, Advocate Don Bell, um, Chief Director, Legislation and Legal Services, um, Bilkis Omar, Chief Director, Policy Development, um, Dipsy Wechwemang, Takalani Ramaru, Chief Director, Civilian Oversight, Monitoring and Evaluation, Tumelong Konjwan, CFO, and Itumeleng um, Muahi who is the Director of Strategic uh, Management. And uh, Benjamin Tully, who is the, 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 the Chief Director of Partnerships. The, the presentation that we have uh, prepared um, we, we, we have gone through the letter requesting also that we include the, the provincial information. We finally got the provincial information um, uh, very late uh, last night, but in the presentation we've uploaded it, we have included that provincial information. Um, I would like, uh, before we start presenting, just to indicate, because members would not have seen it um, uh, on time, whether we should present that information to yourself, because it will be a, a, a new information that members haven't seen uh, uh, before. We are likely to lose focus in addressing uh, COVID-19 in all uh, groups and then yeah those are the stories if yeah yeah 
Hello? Yes, you can continue. So we, we were just asking for permission if the additional information that we only got late last night from the province. Yes, I've, I've given you permission to continue. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Um, the the uh, Director Strategic Management will make the presentation on the uh, predefined objectives of our strategy and our annual performance plan. And the uh, Chief Financial Officer is going to take us through the, 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 the budget. Over to you, Tumele. Um, thank you, Secretary. Um, thank you, Chairperson, for the opportunity to present um, to you today uh, the 2020-2025 Strategic Plan and 2020-2021 Annual Performance Plan for Vote Number 21. Um, Chairperson, I just wanted to check if um, the presentation is visible to all the members. Domestic violence, the policy framework on establishing an integrated model of policing or single police service, and the National Poli Policing Advisory Committee policy framework. The following um, activities were also undertaken in the previous planning cycle. Um, I mentioned the development of a number of key strategies to improve operational efficiencies, which include the human capital strategy and ICT strategy. Um, a number of capacity building workshops and campaigns were facilitated with provinces um, aimed at the establishment of community safety structures. The department also undertook a review of the 1998 White Paper on Safety and Security and the 1996 National Crime Prevention Strategy, which both culminated into the 2016 White Paper on Safety and Security and Policing, respectively. We also developed an, integrate, uh, an, an implementation framework on the White Paper on Safety, which will now find expression as the Integrated Crime and Violence Prevention Strategy. And then in conjunction with uh, the provincial secretariats, uh, we conducted police station oversight visits in order to monitor service delivery and compliance to policies, legislation, including um, policies and legislation, including national instructions, standing orders, et cetera, 
And it was during this period that the first census of all police stations was done, which um, served as a baseline in terms of the level of performance of all police stations in the country. So, Chairperson, on the 24th and 25th of August last year, the department undertook a strategic planning session during which a number of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats were identified, which have um, informed the situational analysis as is reflected in our strategic plan and annual performance plan. Uh, with your permission, I won't go into um, detail in terms of each of these strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. I will move on to slide nine, which talks to um, trend analysis in terms of uh, performance levels of the, the, the previous planning cycle or performance cycle. Um, we have sought to, to demonstrate the levels of performance through the graph that is illustrated on the slide, um, which shows that uh, we started off with a baseline of 65% performance level at the end of 2014-15, um, which was followed by an apparent decline in, in performance in the following financial year, 15-16, having the lowest performance score of 49% of that period. And this decline in performance was due to a number of factors, including um, the inadequate human resource capacity, a number of, of bills that were referred back uh, for further refinement and, and consultation, um, a risk management policy that was not approved, and um, a change in research, research scope in terms of one of our, our projects um, on, on uh, firearms management. Um, in 2016-17, we then saw an increase in performance to 80% performance level, and this was due to the change in leadership in the department and instituting a number of um, departmental systems and, and processes to improve performance. Um, the graph also illustrates a slight improvement in performance after this in 2017-18 with um, a performance level of 81%, and this improvement follows the implementation of a number of internal controls to ensure that um, we have consistently high levels of performance. Following this peak, however, in 2018-19, we saw a slight drop in performance to 78%. And this um, decline in performance is due to a number of factors, including um, internal and external audit recommendations that were not fully implemented, um, a number of activities that were um, uh, that were cancelled uh, by the DPCI judge, um, an evaluation report on the, the relevance of oversight initiatives was not done due to a change in, in focus. And in addition, an assessment report regarding the establishment and functionality of CSFs was not done, um, as the minister requested us to then focus on evaluating the effectiveness of the 10111 um, command centre. Um, so, Chairperson, our emerging priorities for this um, uh, five-year period, emerging from our situational analysis and past performance, include um, the following. Facilitating the implementation of the 2016 White Paper on Safety and Security and the Integrated Crime and Violence Prevention Strategy. Repositioning the department as the new Department of Police. Um, focusing on organizational renewal, strategic leadership and enforcing our act and, reg and regulations strengthening our departmental capacity to influence international developments for the minister, facilitating the creation of a smart or e-policing environment, establishing a knowledge information management system, 
implementing um, the departmental communication strategy, implementing the partnership strategy and framework in order to um, strengthen engagements with key stakeholders and implementing the integrated human capital strategy and related operational excellence strategies. Jefferson, in the next slide, we have demonstrated how our institutional outcomes reflected in the strategic plan are aligned to the medium-term strategic framework. We have five institutional outcomes, um, including the improved community participation in the fight against crime, improved community police relations, improved collaboration, coordination and integration on safety, crime and violence prevention within the three spheres of government and transformed and accountable police service. And these are aligned to um, the key priorities as reflected in, in priority one of the, uh, sorry, my apologies, priority six of the medium-term strategic framework, including uh, community partnerships, um, increased trust in the police, increased police visibility to reduce crime, and the integrated crime and violence prevention strategy. Part C of our strategic plan talks to measuring our performance. Uh, our impact statement is reflected as improved levels of trust in the police through effective civilian oversight. Um, I've mentioned that these are aligned to both priority one and priority six of the medium-term strategic framework. Um, in terms of our first outcome on improved community participation in the fight against crime, we have one outcome indicator talking to the number of functional community safety forums. We start off with a baseline of 42 and our five-year target is 45. The second outcome on improved community police relations, we um, have number of functional community policing forums. We start off with a baseline of 543. Our five-year target is 605. On improved collaboration, coordination and integration on safety, crime and violence, we have percentage community satisfaction with government in relation to safety. This is a new indicator and our five-year target is to improve community satisfaction by 50%. On transformed and accountable police service, we have five outcome indicators. The first one being um, increased levels of households satisfied with um, the uh, service provided by the police. The baseline has 54.9%. Our five-year target is 60%. We have reduced number of civil claims against the police. The baseline is 14,241, and um, the five-year target is to reduce this number by 50%. We have reduced number of complaints recorded against the police. Um, the, the baseline is 9,958. The five-year target is to reduce by 50%. Then we have increased levels of community trust in the police. This is a new indicator. And um, the five-year target is to increase these levels of trust in uh, by 50%. The last outcome indicator, reduced number of SAPS misconduct cases recommended for disciplinary action by IPID. The baseline is 873, and um, the five-year target is to reduce this number by 50%. Chairperson, the, the baselines that are indicated in, in red here are not necessarily reflected in the actual strategic plan because they were not available at the time of print, but they reflect the baseline of 20 uh, from 2018-19. Thank you. Uh, moving on to our outcomes, risks and mitigations. Um, during the development of the strategic plan, we also identified a number of strategic risks that are aligned to our institutional outcomes. 
Um, so in terms of improved community participation in the fight against crime, the risk identified is the lack of cooperation from um, relevant stakeholders in establishing community safety structures. Our proposed mitigation there is to develop and sign an MOU with the Department of Cooperative Governance and SALGA. On improved community police relations, the risk identified is the dysfunctional CPFs due to a lack of uh, proper working relations with key stakeholders, including communities and police stations. Our mitigation there is to implement um, the departmental partnership strategy and framework. On improved collaboration, coordination and integration, the risk identified is the failure to finalize the integrated crime and violence prevention strategy due to a lack of collaboration within the three spheres of government. And we are proposing to mitigate this by ensuring continuous engagement with the JCPS cluster and other related structures to enhance collaboration. And on transformed and accountable police service, we have identified two strategic risks. The first one is the inability to fully provide um, oversight, monitoring, and evaluation reports over SNAPs. A number of mitigating um, actions have been uh, proposed in this regard, which includes the enforcement of our act and regulations, um, regular meetings with SAPs management, provision of relevant training, and the targeted recruitment of staff. The last one, Chairperson, is particularly in relation to the COVID-19 crisis. Um, the strategic risk there is the interruption of service delivery due to the national state of disaster declared over the, the, the pandemic. And um, the mitigating action there is developing and implementing a business continuity plan and disaster recovery plan. Chairperson, from slide 15 to slide 22, we are outlining our technical indicator descriptions in terms of the eight outcome indicators. These basically just describe um, the the definition of the, the indicator, the data collection process, the assumptions that are made, and they also outline the acceptable or desired level of performance at the end of the planning cycle. So with your permission, um, Chairperson, I would like to skip um, slide 15 up until 2022, and then start on our annual performance plans. Thank you very much, continue. Um, thank you, Chairperson. So in terms of um, the annual performance plan, um, the situational analysis, the legislative mandates and other issues that are reflected in the annual performance plan are the same as what is reflected in the strategic plan in accordance with the revised framework um, on um, a strategic and annual performance plan developed by the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation. As we know, the, the first year of the strategic plan is, the, is, is, is in essence the first year of, of, of performance for the um, 2020 and 2021. So um, our presentation then goes straight into institutional program performance information. Um, as a department, we have four core programs, um, the first one being uh, Program 1 Administration. The purpose of this program is to provide strategic leadership, management and support services to the department. Um, program 1 has three sub-programs, including Department Management, Corporate Services and Finance Administration. Chairperson, as I go through the institutional program performance information, I will only highlight the output indicators and the annual targets. And in the interest of time, I will not go into detail in terms of our quarterly targets. So for subprogram 1.1, Department Management, the purpose of this subprogram is to provide administra 
administrative management support to the Secretary for Police Service and strategic su support to the Minister. This sub-program only has one output indicator aligned to the outcome on transformed and accountable police service. The output indicator is number of joint consultative IPID um, secretariat forum meetings held per year in compliance with our act and the annual target there is four. In terms of sub-program 1.2 corporate services, the purpose of the sub-program is to provide reliable and efficient uh, corporate services to the department. The sub-program has three output indicators. The first one is maintain a vacancy rate of not more than 7% of the total post establishment, and the annual target is not more than 7%. The second one is percentage implementation of the human capital strategy, and the annual target is 100% implementation. The third one, percentage implementation of the ICT strategy, and the annual target is 100% implementation. Moving on to slide 26, um, sub-program 1.3 on finance administration. The purpose of the sub-program is to provide PF PFMA compliant financial accounting and supply chain services to the department. The sub-program has two output indicators. The first one, percentage of payments made to creditors within 30 days, and the annual target is 100%. The second one is percentage of expenditure in relation to the budget allocated, and the annual target is 98%. On slide 27, we have program two, intersectoral coordination and strategic partnerships. The purpose of Program 2 is to manage and encourage national dialogue on community safety and crime prevention. Um, this program has two sub-programs. The first one, intergovernmental civil society and public-private partnerships, the purpose of which is to manage and facilitate intergovernmental relations, civil society, and public-private partnerships. Um, this sub-program has five output indicators. The first one aligned to the outcome on improved collaboration and coordination and integration is number of MOUs signed with stakeholders per year to build safer communities, and the annual target is two. The second one on the um, number of workshops facilitated with provinces and municipalities on the establishment of CSFs per year, the annual target is nine. The next one, the number of provincial capacity building workshops held on crime prevention policies per year, the annual target is nine. The next one, number of anti-crime campaigns conducted per year, the annual target is three. Um, the last one is number of monitoring reports on implementing CPF regulations or standards approved by the secretary, the annual target is two. Chairperson, moving on then to slide 30. On sub-program 2.2, community outreach. The, the purpose of this sub-program is to promote, encourage, and facilitate community participation in safety programs. This sub-program only has one output indicator, number of Izinbizo public participation programs held with communities to, prom to promote community safety per year, and the annual target is eight. Sub-program, um, my apologies, program three uh, refers then to legislation and policy development. The purpose of this program is to develop policy and legislation for the police sector and to conduct research on policing and crime. 
This program has two sub-programs. The first one is policy development and research, the purpose of which is to develop policies and undertake research in areas of policing and crime. The sub-program has five output indicators. The first one is number of policies on policing submitted to the secretary for approval per year. Um, the annual target is one. The second one, number of research reports on policing approved by the secretary. The annual target is one. The third one, number of newsletters published on Safer Spaces portal per year. The annual target is one. The fourth one, number of integrated violence and crime prevention strategies submitted to the minister for approval. The annual target is one. And the last one, the number of reports on facilitating implementation of the white paper on safety and security. The annual target is one. And moving on to sub-program 3.2 on legislation, the purpose is to provide legislative support services to the Minister of Police. And this sub-program only has one output indicator, number of bills submitted to the Minister for Cabinet approval per year, and the annual target is two. So now our last program, program four, is on civilian oversight monitoring and evaluation. The purpose of this program is to oversee, monitor and report on the performance of the South African Police Service. It has two sub-programs. The first sub-program, 4.1, is police performance, conduct and compliance monitoring. The purpose of this sub-program is to monitor the performance, the transformation and compliance to legislation and policies by the SAPs. Um, this sub-program has nine output indicators. Um, the first one, Number of police oversight reports approved by the secretary per year. The annual target is two. The second one, the number of SAPS trend analysis reports approved by the secretary per year. The annual target is one. The number of SAPS budget and program performance assessment reports approved by the secretary. The annual target is one. The fourth one, the number of assessment reports on complaints management. The annual target is two. Um, the fifth one, the number of reports on SAP's implementation of IPED recommendations, the annual target is two. Number six, the number of monitoring reports on compliance and implementation of um, the Domestic Violence Act by SAP's, the annual target is two. The number of reports on the implementation and compliance to legislation and policies, the annual target is two. The number of assessment reports on police conduct and integrity approved by the secretary, the annual target is one. The last one for the sub program, the number of reports on the functioning of the national forensic DNA database assessed per year, the annual target is four. Moving on to sub program 4.2 on policy and program evaluations. The purpose of this sub program is to evaluate the effectiveness of programs implemented by the SAPS. Um, this sub program has two output indicators. The first one, number of assessment reports on SAPS programs approved by the secretary um, per year. The annual target is one. The last one, the number of evaluation reports on legislation and policies approved by the secretary um, of police per year and the annual target is one. Chairperson, we, uh, in view of the uh, COVID-19 crisis and the lockdown, we then had a relook at our output indicators to identify those that would be particularly affected by the crisis and the lockdown. 
And we've tried to propose some uh, possible solutions in terms of how to mitigate the risks associated with these. The first one on maintaining the vacancy rate of not more than 7% of the total post-establishment. We're saying that we will be experiencing some possible delays in, in filling in of vacant posts due to the travel restrictions. So we are proposing here that we employ alternative methods of conducting interviews and finalizing the recruitment process for critical posts in particular. Chairperson, we have also um, spoken or discussed initially about reverting the, the annual, our annual targets to align to the, the standards set by the Department of Public Service and Administration, which sets a standard of 10% um, of the total post establishment. And then we will review our desired level of performance to then 7% um, per annum. On the percentage of expenditure in relation to the budget allocated, um, we are saying here that the levels of expenditure may be affected by the travel restrictions, the restrictions in terms of hosting public gatherings and other factors related to the rest of our indicators. And here we are saying we will need to review our AP, APP targets and reprioritize the resources accordingly. Chairperson, the, the, the next set of um, indicators will all be affected by the um, public um, my, my, my apologies for interrupting you. Please, you do yes. not need to read. The presentation is before us. Please do not okay. read every line. Um, okay. We have uh, an hour left for this, and quite soon I will ask you to conclude your presentation. So please be uh, um, circumspect. Do not read each word line by line. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Noted. Um, yes, so um, just to indicate that the rest of the indicators will all be affected by the prohibition of public gatherings and travel restrictions, and then we've proposed some solutions in terms of how we can mitigate against those. So that is indicated on slide 40 to 42. Um, Chairperson, slide 43 talks to the overview of our 2020-2021 budget and MTF estimates. I will then hand over to our um, CFO to then take us through the, the, the budget. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair, DM, and Honorable Members, Secretary, colleagues, and President. I'll be presenting the financial information. So I'll, my focus will be mainly on the 2020-21 uh, financial allocations. In terms of the budget allocation for this period, the department has received about 156.3 million for the 2020-21 financial year. And this is an increase of about 13.3 million compared to the previous financial year, which is 2019-20. And this is an equivalent of about 9.3%. Looking at the different programs, administration is increasing from, will increase to 69.4, which is a which is an increase of about 9% compared to the previous financial year. And intersectoral coordination and strategic partnership will increase to about 26.7 million, which is an increase of about 8% compared to the previous financial year. And Legislation, policy, and development will increase to about 24.7, which is about 13% increase compared to the previous financial year. And civilian oversight, monitoring, and evaluation will increase to about 
Nidon, which is an increase of about 9% compared to the previous financial year. When we look at the economic classifications, the compensation of employees will increase from 1.1 million to about 112 million. This is an increase of about 9% and goods and services will increase to 42.2 million, which is an increase of about 6%. Uh, transfers and subsidies, which include mainly the funds which are paid to the people who lift the employment of, of, of the department, as well as to the to the status that the department supports, that will decrease by about 50% as it moves from 413 to about 208. And when it comes to payment for capital assets, it will increase by 5.9% to 1.8 million. I also need to share the communication that we had with Treasury the, the previous day, where Treasury indicated that in terms of our budget for the 2020-21 financial year, they're going to cut our goods and services with about 25%, and that would be an equivalent of about 11 million. And they're also going to cut the funds relating to our buildings, which is office uh, office accommodation by 40%. And that would be an equivalent of about 1.6 million. And in terms of uh, payment for capital assets, they're going to cut that by 50%, which will be about 900,000. In total, Treasury is foreseen to going to cut us by about 13.5 million. That will be the end of my presentation. Chairperson, uh, the next part is the provincial um, uh, information, which um, Itumeleng will take us, and then the CFO will just run down the, the provincial budgets. Thank you very much. You okay, can continue um, the presentation. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Um, so from slide 44 to slide 56, we have outlined here the, the strategic plans and the annual performance plans, a summary of the provincial secretariats. In the interest of time, Chairperson, I will only go through slide number 44. Um, and then from slide 45 to slide 54, it, it outlines in detail in terms of their outcomes, their outputs and output indicators. And then slide 56 to um, slide 55, my apologies to 56, then outlines the provincial budgets in terms of their programs and their MTEF estimates. So in terms of our alignment or the alignment in terms of our work with the provincial secretariats, there are a number of key activities that we collaborate with um, them um, uh, on an annual basis, including um, the joint research project. Um, the facilitation of the implementation of the 2016 white paper on safety and security. Um, in terms of monitoring and evaluation, they also assist with uh, data collection on the court watch brief reports that will be developed. They undertake complaints management, also assisting with um, data collection in that regard. They also monitor SAP's, uh, the SAP's implementation of IPED recommendations in their respective provinces. They also monitor compliance with the DVA Act in their respective provinces as well. And they uh, also play um, an important part in terms of the assessment re reports that are developed on the implementation of SAP's programs. 
So, Chairperson, I think in terms of the provincial budget from page, uh, slide 55 to slide 56, the CFO will uh, briefly just take us through the totals, and that will be the, the conclusion of our presentation, as the rest of the presentation only outlines the technical indicator descriptors of the 29 output indicators in our APP. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Once again, I'll be presenting the finances for the provinces. The provinces have got different sub-programs which relates to policy and research, monitoring and evaluation, safety promotion, community policy relations. And in terms of these programs, the total budget for, 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 for program support will be about 87 million. And the total budget for policy and research will be about 42.1 million. And the budget for monitoring and evaluation will be about 148.4 million in total. That is for all the provinces. And in terms of safety promotion, the total budget is 303.2 million. And the budget for community police relations is about 124.128.9. This, this, uh, this, this therefore suggests that the highest, the highest, the highest budget would be taken is, is allocated to safety promotions, followed followed by by monitoring and, and evaluation, and the third one will be the community police relations with research and policy being the lowest. All these figures that have been presented, you can see that they actually exclude the Eastern Cape because we didn't receive the necessary information as, uh, at this level. The next slide. In this slide, I will focus mainly on the, MT, on the MTSF period, where it is indicated that the total, the total budget for the whole nine province for the 2021 financial year is about 175.9 million. And for the 2021-22, it will be about 789.4 million. And for the 2022-23 financial year, it will be about 827.9 million. So that will be, in these instances, you will note that Gauteng is going to be, is the one that will be receiving the highest budget at 253.9 million, and followed by KZN, which gets about 148.3 million. And the third will be Western Cape, at 84.3 million. And of course, the lowest, as you will note, will be the free state, which will be receiving about 27.2 million. And that will be the end of the presentation for finance. Chairperson, the, the, the Western Cape, it's also just to clarify, they also have additional budget out of the one that is focused for provincial for, for the uh, provincial secretariat which deals with the issue of the ombuds the issue about the law enforcement officers that they give grants to, to, to the, the uh, uh, local government so we excluded that amount from the the, the, the western state budget thank you chairperson that will be the end of our presentation 
Thank you very much for that presentation. Um, well done. Uh, welcome to the honorable members who have joined us. I would also like to acknowledge the chairperson of the select committee. Um, honorable Sheikh, if you would like to comment now uh, before I take any hands, you may do so. If not, I'll take um, the inputs from the members, the questions and inputs from the members. Honorable Sheikh, would you like to come in now? Uh, no, th thank you, Chair. Uh, I don't have any comments for now, but I do have some questions which, which I'll ask with other members. Thanks, Chair. But thank you very much. Yes, continue. No, uh, Chair, Chair, perhaps we, maybe just one comment, especially around um, the information uh, that was presented uh, with regard to budgets for the provinces, as well as some of the uh, programs. Um, Perhaps, uh, Chair, uh, just, I don't want to preempt questions around it, but um, maybe for us to have a, a better grasp in terms of what is happening in the different provinces, perhaps we need to have another session which will include representatives from provinces so that we can engage a lot more deeply into, in, into the programs of provinces. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I'll certainly agree that uh, not only the NCOP, but also the National Assembly has asked for more information regarding the provinces. So um, when we do have time, I think we should call the uh, uh, Civilian Secretary to do a, a, a more detailed presentation on um, what is happening in the provinces. I would like to take in the chat group, I have Honorable Whitfield, then Morfo King. Um, those are the names I have now. Sir Blanche um, in the also, chat, please. Sir Blanche, Lisa, could you indicate? Sorry. Shambeni. Sorry. Lisa. Could you indicate in the chat group? I'm unable to do so, Chair. As uh, so who's that? Zukiswa because oh, I'll oh. Get you. Okay. Um, Rita? Yes. Could we then start in that order? What field? Mofo King, Tablan, Shembeni, and Rita. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, and thank you to the CSP for the presentation. I have a couple of questions. I'll be as brief as possible. Uh, my question uh, relates to the police inspectorate, um, and I know that it's not part of the presentation, but um, given the indicators that have been established uh, for the strategic plan over the next five years, my question is whether the civilian secretariat has ever considered or drafted any policy document relating to the independence of the police inspectorate. So whether the civilian secretariat would assume responsibility for the inspectorate in order to have better control over some of the outcomes that are established in terms of the strategic plan. Because at the moment, there are some serious concerns about the police inspectorate as it relates to the functions of the civilian secretariat and what it needs to achieve uh, while SAPS has control uh, over the inspectorate. Uh, so really a question around the independence of that inspectorate. And then, Chair, um, it is my understanding that uh, the DNA board, uh, the oversight board, 
has um, come to the end of its term. Uh, there has been absolutely no indication what the future of that oversight body will be. Uh, at one stage, it was recommended by that board that the civilian secretariat assume the functions of the oversight board. Uh, and I'm concerned that there's no reference that I've seen in the presentation in front of us, uh, as I haven't been sent the full and complete strategic plan, which I believe was signed off in March already. Um, having scanned that document, which is on the civilian secretariat website, I wasn't able to determine whether they'd given any consideration as to the role of the DNA Oversight Board for the next five years. Uh, and so I would really appreciate some insight into those two questions. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Whitfield. Can we do more for King now? Honorable Chair. Uh, thank you, Chair. Honorable Chair. Uh, yes, um, before uh, more for King. Um, sorry for interruption, Chair. Can we just ask the Secretary to remove the presentation so that we can, for broadcasting purposes? Thank, thank you, Chair. Honorable Mofo King, you may continue now. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thanks for the presentation. Chair, I want to actually remember, uh, actually go back to remind myself about the mission and also to the Secretariat that uh, their mission is to provide efficient and effective civilian oversight over the subs and uh, for safer and more secure communities. I'm reminding myself on this because I want to find out that at the beginning of lockdown, why their service uh, the CPS services were questioned as to whether they can be essential services or not. Where were they at the time? So that they can be able to speak to the communities because it's what they are supposed to be doing. Then the second part is on the issue that has been raised by the person who presented uh, the budget, that there will be almost 11 million cut. Now, I want to actually suggest that uh, as the chairperson of NCOP suggested that uh, when they come back, they should be able to show us how are they going to reprioritize the budget now? Because what they have presented and with the cut that is coming out now is not going to be a true reflection what they have given us today. Now, on the issue of the SWOT analysis, they are saying one of their strengths is to you is a use of safer space as a tool to engage, share, and disseminate knowledge and, and diverse uh, stakeholder. And you, you look at that and you look at even what they said about the threat, the loss of public trust on reputational damages as a result of rising uh, levels of complaints about the police service. I don't hear much about the civilian oversight team saying that we have scrutinized the IP information and be able to get onto why people are not happy. Can they tell us that? Are they aware that the postmortems are not completed? Hence, the one of the complaints. And what is it that they have done to advise the, de the department? Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mofo King. Honorable Tablanche. Chairperson, thank you. Chairperson, um, under their strategic focus and specifically the vision, 
uh, it's indicated that one of you know the outcomes that they are working on or envisage is a transform and an accountable police service. Now, Chairperson, if I look, you know, to the report that they submitted since the 16-17 but the financial year till date and even for the next one still, they merely had around about four meetings, four meetings per annum. And my question is, Chairperson, what is the desired outcome? Because obviously it cannot only be about, about meetings, the findings need to be you know, obviously taken into account. And what is the income uh, outcome? Are they going to compile a policy that will improve or, you know, enhance the outcome that they envisage? I want to get more information on that, Chairperson. Chairperson, then secondly, a census of all police stations. Uh, you know, they did a, a census of all police stations. Uh, I want to know whether, what is the position, have they compiled a report regarding their findings and uh, to what extent the findings, to what extent is that implemented or what is the, what is the outcome with that or what, what are they going to do in terms of what they found? Chairperson, then and lastly, I heard if my memory serves me right that the crime prevention strategy is not completed yet, and obviously that is one of the mo most important things about policing crime prevention. Chairperson, I want to know why is that the case and what do they plan to do about that? And then lastly, Chairperson, all the, all the outcomes that they have, you know, I'm concerned it's, you know, their targets are one per year and the outcome is maybe one per year or they even haven't made it. Chairperson, I need to get clarity on that. You know, really, I'm concerned about, you know, the number of things that they attempt to do. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Tablanche. Could we have Honorable Shimbeni now? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I don't have much. Mine is based on the uh, domestic violence reporting. I wanted to find out, uh, I've, I, I did not see any indicator talking to uh, the sign languages reporting. Do we have any indicator uh, as to evaluate the, the, the so-called now the SAPS on the reporting of cases of uh, domestic uh, violence in terms of uh, the capacity or the staff of uh, sign language or people with uh, disabilities. Do we have those people in the police stations, according to the uh, secretary? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Shimbeni. Uh, Honorable Nita. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, in appreciation of the report, I would like to know, Chair, uh, in their report, they are saying in 2018-2019, the, there was a decline. And one of the reasons that they are stating is the internal audit and external that was not implemented. What I would like to know, what were the reasons 
for, for, for those not to be in, I, I, implemented. And secondly, Chair, who were responsible for not implementing such and what did the department do about it? My, my second question, Chair, is on the failure to finalize the integrated crime and violence uh, presentation strategy. What I would like to know, they are saying the reason behind it is because of the three of the spheres of government that are not collaborating with the department. Which are those spheres that they are referring to? Is it local government and the province? And why are they not collaborating with the department? And, and, and the last one from me, Chair, uh, is on the issue of budget. I was happy when they were saying the budget this, uh, they, 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 they have received, at least it has increased. And again, on the same breath, they spoke of uh, 13.5 million that will be cut by, by, by Treasury, which is in a way uh, not talking to what they were saying that they have received a budget that is higher than expected. Can that be explained? And one of the things that they are highlighting, they are say they are saying they should cut, they are doing cuts on goods and services. My worry there, we are now involved in a, 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 a period where we are fighting the coronavirus. If you are cutting on goods and services, is that not going to have implications on that? Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Nita. Um, could I get an indication if there are more members who would like to ask questions? Okay, I've I indicated in the chat. Mola. I'm, I'm looking. Mola, I've seen you on the chat group. And Shake, yes. And Shake, yes, I've noted you. Could you Honorable Mola, could I take you now? Yes. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. And thank you for the presentation. My first question is, how is the relationship between the CSPS and the TPCI judge and the subs? My second question, why the TPCI judge cancelled the four-plan community engagement to market his office, which also affected levels of performance. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Um, I'll now take Honorable Sheikh. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, and once again, uh, thank the department for the presentation as well as the information regarding provinces. Do I have a few questions? Uh, in terms of the fight that relates to the outcomes, risk and mitigations, uh, it's clear that the department is experiencing challenges um, uh, in ensuring community and policing partnerships, uh, and the department has uh, considered measures to address this, but if they could please elaborate a bit uh, in terms of the challenges relating to having functional community policing forum structures at a provincial level. Jim, my other question relates to the indicator on monitoring reports to compliance and implementation of the Domestic Violence Act uh, by SAPS. 
this is a critical area in terms of the department's mandate. Um, if, if an indication can be given in terms of what extra measures or strategies have been put in place to ensure proper compliance and implementation of the Domestic Violence Act, particularly in light of increased reports of gender-based violence, even during the period of the lockdown. Um, Chair, uh, in terms of the um, indicator that speaks to the number of workshops uh, facilitated with provincial sec secretaries and municipalities on the establishment of community safety forums for year, uh, what do these workshops actually cover in terms of content and how effective ha has these workshops been in ensuring the establishment of the community safety, safety forums? Um, and finally, Chair, uh, I think it, the indicator that speaks to the reduced number of SEPs misconduct cases recommended for disciplinary um, action by IPUD, uh, what measures have been put in place to reduce the number of misconduct cases? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. The uh, questions have been well put. I would now give an opportunity to the civilian secretariat to respond. You could take those questions and respond, please. Thank you, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Members. Um, most of uh, the 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 difficult technical questions, I've got my executive team here that uh, will um, uh, respond. I will uh, deal with a few of them and then I will hand over to, 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 to them. We will start when I hand over, the first person will be Mr. Ramaru. Um, then we will have um, the, uh, Ms. Ms. Omar and uh, we'll have the the CFO and um, uh, Mr. Ntuli in that um, uh, order, because those are the questions that were raised in those um, uh, areas. Uh, with regard to the issue of um, the, the, the police um, uh, inspectorate, um, the question raised is, um, uh, did we prepare a policy proposal or are we intending to put in a policy proposal for the independence of the Inspectorate. In terms of the the um, uh, government's monitoring and evaluation uh, framework, departments are expected to have their own internal monitoring uh, uh, function, and uh, the inspectorate actually fulfills that uh, role. Uh, it's the responsibility that they go, they check this thing, but then you have an oversight which is independent, which will be us as uh, the civilian secretariat. So. The, we, we are not intending to have a policy to say the, the inspectorate should uh, stand aside and then they should be independent because the National Commissioner also have a responsibility to monitor his own um, uh, uh, department, whether they are delivering or not. And then we will also do it from uh, outside. <clears throat> and even some of the work that we do when we submit um, uh, reports, we work with the with the inspectorate uh, so that they actually follow up uh, and make sure that our proposals are, are, are implemented. With regard to the DNA board, um, the, the 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 minister is as, um, finalizing the appointment of the the, the new board. Um, uh, as you recall. We advertised uh, for those members who are outside the public service, 
and uh, the minister approved um, uh, those uh, the appointment of those. What we are waiting for, it's um, uh, minister wrote to the, the the three the two ministers, the minister of health and the minister of uh, justice and correctional services, for the minister to appoint the three the the the, the, the representatives from their department and also to assist us in uh, appointment of the chairperson of the DNA board. In terms of how we are going to the role of DNA in the next five years, uh, the, 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 the uh, last board, we had a memorandum of understanding that we signed with um, uh, the, the DNA board in terms of how we are going to work with the board, which actually clarifies um, uh, how the, the civilian secretariat, what will be their role and what will be the function of um, uh, the DNA board. And that memorandum of agreement is going to continue with the new board coming in. I also want to mention that the, 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 the previous board, they have prepared a, a comprehensive um, uh, uh, report, the handover report, that uh, we will be uh, presenting to the minister. And the chairperson indicated that she will be available actually to share that handover report with um, uh, the, the, the portfolio committee. And it deals with some of the challenges that they have over the period that they've been uh, in place. And it comes out with a proposal in terms of how um, uh, we can take away, the, take forward some of the challenges that we, we have. <clears throat> the, the civilian secretariat um, uh, during the COVID-19, um, there was a communication that was made by the, the Minister of um, Public Service and Administration. It was identified as an essential services. And during this period, we have been um, uh, working, we have been doing oversight at uh, the police stations with regard to the, to, 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 um, um, uh, the compliance for the, the, the COVID in terms of the police. And we have even prepared reports which we, we shared with the National Commissioner and also with the, with the Minister. Um, with regard to the work with uh, IPID, we, in the, the, those quarterly meetings that we have with IPID, it's where we analyze the reports that they, they have, and then we advise the minister in terms of the interventions that um, um, need to happen. Uh, but uh, Mr. Um, Ramaru will elaborate on that um, um, uh, uh, regarding the, the, the information from uh, IPID. Um, I didn't hear properly the question uh, from um, Honorable Dr. Blanche regarding the four meetings. I would like um, him to, to just um, uh, repeat the question when we finish um, uh, responding to the rest of the, of the question. The indicators, uh, there's a question why we have one as a target. Some of the, 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 the targets which are one is about a research report that takes a lot of time in terms of doing research. 
Um, so in a year, uh, to do a research, it's not a matter of a few days and then the research is done. There's comprehensive work that needs to be done. If you are developing a policy also, there's a lot of consultation that needs to, 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 to happen. And that work happen. It's very uh, intensive process that uh, you cannot complete too many um, uh, research reports and also um, uh, uh, um, uh, policies. Um, I think I will I will um, end there and ask uh, my colleagues to, to deal with the other the other questions. The uh, Ramaro. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and honourable members. The first question that I'm going to deal with, I think, is question number seven. Uh, which, with regards to the census, the question was, was there a report for the census and what are we doing uh, about the report? The answer is yes, there is a report uh, that we produced which was shared with the minister and the national commissioner. So based on the report, which basically was giving us the baseline information around the police stations, police stations are then monitored where on an annual basis we go to about 25% of the police stations, which is a roughly 288 police stations. And each police station, when we go to, uh, it's required to come up with an improvement plan based on the census report. Then we monitor that improvement plan to ensure that they address issues that were identified. But over and above uh, the improvement plan, on an annual basis for the next four years, we identify one area which uh, had been flagged by the census, and then we zoom into that area over and above the, the uh, improvement plan. If I use an example of the, the current APP that we presented, uh, we will be focusing on the detective services uh, as we've identified that there are weaknesses there. So then we will be monitoring, checking, uh, the overall detective services and our evaluation uh, component will also do the assessment or evaluation of the detective's uh, training. The next question was with regard to the DVA. Uh, I think there are two questions there around uh, the issue of compliance. How do we ensure comp uh, what measures are we putting to assist in terms of the compliance and also the issue of the sign language. Then in terms of compliance. Uh, we have identified that indeed there needs to be uh, some proactiveness from our side to assist subs. And what we have done is we have uh, established what we call the compliance forum, both at national level and provincial level, where there are uh, either the monthly meetings or bi-monthly meetings, depending whether it's the provincial level or national level. And at these uh, compliance forum meetings, that's where we identify issues uh, that are of challenge, and then we work with SAPS to, to resolve these issues. I will give an, an example where we have identified, as an example, the places liar uh, police station precinct where there are many cases of, 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 of uh, domestic violence reported there, where we had to go there uh, do the campaigns there uh, to ensure that uh, we 
sensitize people and even educate the subs members on how to handle these uh, matters. Maybe one of the projects which we were uh, still with uh, by the time the lockdown came was even going now to train uh, students as the ambassadors to deal with the, these issues around uh, uh, domestic violence. Then the issue of the capacity in terms of the sign language. Yes, when we go to police stations, when we do the assessments, we, we check if they do have capacity. And I can say that they, they, they really don't, uh, not just for the sign languages, but also for other languages that uh, maybe are not spoken in that area. So, but what uh, SAPS indicates to us is as much as it's difficult for them, they try that uh, they have people that whenever they are and, uh, challenged with this, then they will invite such people to come and assist them, which is not always uh, uh, easy for them to do. Then there was also a question on, I think the last question that I have to look at is the question on the on the IPID. So basically, the there are four meetings, as uh, the secretary has indicated, which are attended by the uh, secretary himself and the uh, executive director for IPID. But apart from those four meetings, as uh, now the the officials, we have our monthly forums where uh, we facilitate or rather we we chair as the secretariat where SAPS and the IPID are meeting. So in these meetings, specifically, we identify the issues that are of concern. And even that's where IPID will also clarify in terms of uh, their investigations. And then we facilitate to make sure that number one, SAPS is uh, implementing the, the corrective measures. Okay. Number two, where we jointly also come up with solutions in trying to prevent uh, this sketch or the recurrence of such challenges going forward. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much for those uh, responses. Chair Blanche's questions were not uh, adequately responded to. And then I've noted Honorable Grunewald and Honorable Vaku. Honorable Grunewald, um, you'll have an opportunity, but could we just ask Honorable De Blanche to, um, in a very short summary, repeat these questions because I'm not satisfied with the manner in which they responded to your questions. Honorable De Blanche? Chairperson, thank you. The, the, the sound was very bad on my side, so I didn't properly hear what the problem you know, was with my question. So maybe you can just help me a bit there and then I'll gladly, you know, assist as much as possible. Honorable de Blanche, they, they say they couldn't hear your question. So maybe you could just briefly repeat your question, which you asked. Which one is that now, Chairperson, I asked for? Um, give me a summary of those questions, please, eh? Chairperson, Very short. Yeah, thank you, Chairperson. The first one was about their vision to transform, uh, you know, the police into an accountable police service, which I support. Chairperson, my question was there about, you know, the only thing that, you know, is indicated on, on their report is four meetings per sort of annum that they are having. Uh, it's, it's unknown at this stage what exactly 
was decided at the meeting, what was implemented, and to what extent it approved policing in general. That was the first question, Chairperson. The second one, Chairperson, was about the census that was done at police stations. And, uh, you know, my question was whether a report was compiled, you know, indicating exactly the findings. And, you know, obviously, are those findings implemented? And if so, what contribution has it made, you know, to improve policing? That is the second question, briefly. Chairperson, then um, the other one that I asked was about the crime prevention, you know, the crime prevention strategy, we were told, uh, is not completed. And, you know, obviously crime prevention is the most important issue in policing. And that's why I was asking why not and what emphasis is going to be placed on that now in future. Um, Chairperson, and then the other one is, is about, you know, all the things, the meetings that they're having, the policies and what they're doing. It is one per year. My concern is, Chairperson, in 10 years' time, if we if we continue with that trend, we are only going to end up with 10 policies, and we don't need only 10. We need quite a few. So we are not winning, Chairperson, and that is my concern. Thank you. Uh, Honourable Groenewald, and then Honourable Faku. Honourable Morfokeng's uh, questions were also not answered, but could I first give an opportunity to Honourable Grunewald and then Faku? Thank you, Chair. I, I will be short. Uh, my first uh, question is actually about the, the oversight, the monitoring and the evaluation. I want to know whether the, the department have any access to the SAPS litigation database uh, to report on how SAPS is managing the litigation uh, management process, and which includes, of course, the responses to civil claims. Uh, if not, I'd like to know why not, and if so, uh, can we get those statistics? Uh, my second one is, Chairperson, uh, I think it was on uh, slide number 26, 27, yeah. Uh, I've missed two indicators. Uh, which were removed from the APP, and that was 100% of internal audit recommendations and 100% of external audit recommendations uh, to be implemented. Uh, why has it been removed? And uh, my last one, Chairperson, may I ask, on the firearms amendment bill, how far are we? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Gurnewald. Honorable Faku, and then I'll give Honorable Mofo King an opportunity as well. Honorable Faku. Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me, Chair? You, we can hear you. You may continue. Okay. Honorable Faku, um, we've lost you. Could you unmute your gadget, please? There you are. Honorable Faku, are you still there? Your, your device is muted. Can you hear me, Jay? We can hear you now. 
Okay. And thank you, Chairperson. And greetings to members and to the uh, Deputy Minister and his team. One of the issues that I think that I want to highlight from the report is the issue of cause of performance. Since 2016, we have not been doing well. In 2017, 2018, we started to pick up, but there are serious issues in terms of performance. And I think that uh, that is one uh, problem that I've been encountering in terms of the performance. The second. Point, Chem, is the issue that Honorable Hrunavald has made issue that is indications. Uh, I think Honorable Hrunavald has raised the point on this issue of policy. We understand that the policies have been reduced from three to one. Can they give us the topic of the policy? Also, on the issue of the DPCI, that, of course, it's a... Hello? Can you hear me, Chair? Your line is very bad. So, um, could I I first give Honorable Mofoking an opportunity? Honorable members, we still have to do the iPad presentation. So I'm only going to give you an opportunity to ask also, one question. Yes, that was raised that the trends of cyber attack. Can you give us a question? Okay, let me try and change. Come back. Uh, thank you, Honorable Mofo King, and then Sheikh Imam, one question, and Zanda Mela, um, one question, please. Eh? And thanks, Chairperson. Mine, the question I've asked on CPF, it was why at the beginning of the lockdown, there were questions of whether they are essential services or not. And my question was to civilian uh, secretary, where were you to be able to stand for them and be able to communicate with the South African police services so that they can be there to assist and I'm sure we are aware that they are first line on the communities and they were never there for them. That was my question. And on the IP, my question was to say that uh, were you aware about the challenges that IP is having? Hence, there are no reports going to complainants in the, at, the, at the right time, for instance, on post-mortem. The answer that was given is actually making me to ask more to say on now that they are saying they are meeting with IPIT, they have complaints that they have registered to how many times, it's not an issue. Now, maybe they should show us, send us all those complaints they have sent to IPIT and see if the police services have been able to manage them. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Mofo King. Honorable Sheikh Imam, you have one question. And then, um, Honorable Zandamela, you have one question. We are running out of time if yes. you want responses. Thank you, ma'am. 
Okay, thank you, thank you, Chair. I'll respect that uh, one, although I have many and I don't know where to start. But okay, I think let's just deal with the one where you're saying you do oversight dispensers of the different police stations. I mean, you know, if you go and visit some of these police stations, particularly in, in, in the Western Cape that I, I've been visiting, if you look at the state of the Woodstock police station, for starters, it's going on for many, many years. And there's no plan to do anything about it at all. If you look at the Delft and the way the community the Delft has grown over a period of time, it's out of the police at all. Now, shouldn't there be something done about these things? Bot River is another ideal example. The nearest station is 35 kilometers away with one vehicle in, 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 in a satellite station that is not even manned because they don't have the resources. Now, if you are doing these inspections, you are making reports, where does it go from there? Is it going into file 13 or is, or, or is the department taking it seriously and putting some measures in place to amend those things and change and improve the quality of policing in these areas? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Zandamele, you have one question, please. Keep it short. No, thanks, Chair. Um, I think I'm partly covered. Uh, uh, it was, uh, I wanted to ask actually with uh, the, the firearms amend amendments. Bill. So the question has been raised already. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we uh, now have an opportunity for responses. Chet, you want me to ask before the responses? Uh, we have limited time, Honorable oh. Faku. Honorable right. Faku. Okay, Chet, no, it's fine. You may, Faku, you may continue. Okay. Chair, one of my concerns is that the Office of Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation Judge was also incorporated as a sub-program, but there are low measure performance indicators despite of the allocation of budget. Can we just get an indication of that? And the issue of threats on the slide, can, all, can, can I also get an indication in terms of the cyber attacks what are measures put to make sure that the cyber attacks are not affecting the work that has been done? Thanks, Chen. We, we could get the responses now. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, I had indicated that some of the questions that were raised uh, the executives that I had, they were going to respond to all of them, so they had not finished. Uh, Ms. Omar will deal with uh, the, the, some other questions. Ms. Pentuli will deal with some other questions. Advocate Bell will deal with the other questions. And then the, 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 the CFO, Ms. Omar. Thank you. Good morning. Please. Um, before sorry sorry for the uh, sorry for interrupting you Under, uh, sorry for interrupting you sorry for interrupting you we still have to do the ipad budget so if you do not respond to all the questions then you can respond to those questions in writing I'm going to allow you 10 minutes, so please choose the people who are going to respond very carefully. You have 10 minutes to respond, and then the rest of the questions will be responded to in writing. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. We will do so. 
Ms. Omar is on the, on the line now. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, in terms of the question on the transfer and accountable SAPs and are we doing policies to advance this outcome? Chair, over the past few years, we've done a lot of research and policies um, and, and specifically on professionalizing the police. We did the white paper on policing, which SAPs, um, which the uh, cabinet adopted in 2016. So, so we have quite a lot of policies and research we've done. We've handed it over to the National Commissioner for implementation. In terms of the question, there were two questions on the integrated crime and violence prevention strategy. The first one is why it's not complete. Chair, um, the strategy gives effects to the policy proposals of the White Paper on Safety and Security. So we've over the years, we've, we've done the implementation framework. Last year alone, we did the, the, um, the strategy. Why it's not complete is because we need to consult on it with the three spheres of government, Chair. So for this year, it's an MTSF target. The finalization of the strategy it's and it's something that we have to consult with with the uh, so so what we've done is because of the COVID-19 we are doing virtual consultations on uh, to finalize the strategy so it should be done by December uh, this year and then um, um, in, in terms of the question on uh, why we are having problems in terms of collaboration to finalize the strategy chair we're not having any problems in terms of collaboration the three years of government will be provincial government. We're sending letters to the DGs of the provincial government and national governments to finalize the consultation. In terms of the, the, the local government, SALDA is facilitating the meet the consultation sessions with us for with the local government. So we will finalize it this year. Um, I'm done. Thank you. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, Honourable Members. Um, it's Advocate Bell, Chief Director of Legislation. There was a question on the firearms control amendment and how far we are with that. Um, just to report that the Minister approved that the bill be, can be progressed for, um, for consultation. Uh, we were due to go to the Directors General uh, JCPS Clusters meet, uh, meeting on the 7th of April, but because of lock, the lockdown, we have now been prevented from continuing with that consultation. And we will, as soon as we are allowed to, we will continue with it uh, for the both to, to progress to, to, uh, to, through the various structures so that we can get to uh, Cabinet for um, approval for public consultation. That's where we are with it at the moment. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Just to answer the, the finance matters, in terms of reprioritization of the budget, in terms of reprioritization of the budget after the, with the suggested cuts by the Treasury, what the department is going, we have suggested already to Treasury to say, didn't they also consider maybe taking some of this money from the compensation my, of employees? My, my. My apologies for interrupting you. Honorable members, can you mute your gadgets, please? We have a lot of disturbance. Could you please mute your gadgets? You may continue. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I would say in terms of reprioritization of the budget that uh, the, the Treasury intends to cut, we've also suggested to treasurer to say that instead of
Chairperson. Chairperson. Yes. Yes, Honorable um, Mapatsu. I can't hear anything here. I'm I'm also struggling to hear. I have I have no. I thought it's my uh, laptop. No, oh, it needs me also. I can't hear anything. We can't hear. Chair, I think the department was muted for a while. And they're still muted, Chair. Thank you. Can everybody hear me now? Yes. Okay. I was saying, in terms of reprioritization of the budget, we have suggested to Treasury to say that instead of taking all the money from goods and services, what if they could also take some money from compensation of employees? Because they Chair, the department is mute again. Department, you are muted, please. Civilian Secretariat, you are, relates, you are not. Relates, relates to payment of supplies within 30 days. So the reason for us not being able to implement the, the payment of supplies within 30 days, it was because it was for the first time that the department implemented the logistics system, and therefore there were hiccups with the system as we implemented it. Therefore, that resulted in all supplies not pay, being paid within 30 days. But I can indicate to say that even though we didn't pay all supplies within 90 days, about 98% of the supplies were indeed paid within 30 days. So the reason why the, the audit recommendations targets seem to have been taken off out of the current uh, targets, it is because for the past three years, the department has been receiving clean audits and what what that then means is that most of the audit findings that were that, that used to be found in the in the audit report have almost been uh, eliminated the, the findings that the ag and the entire audit find during their auditing it's when they're doing and then we are able to respond to all the findings that they are and therefore there's no need for them to be in the in the in the in their management report so that is why then the, there's no reflection of the audit recommendation thank you very much The sound is very bad, huh? Honorable members, um, could our technical huh? people please help us? I think generally we are having a problem with sound. Yeah, true. Honorable members, I, I believe that we are all having a problem with sound. It's difficult to follow the meeting. And it's very difficult to follow the responses. Could I get an indication from our technical people if we can continue? Chair, I think we should continue. Um, I think members must just observe that they should um, mute all their mics and if they have gadgets next to their phones or, or their reception, they have to, to move it away because that interferes with the sound. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. I still have 
10 minutes for your responses. We are eating into the time of the iPad presentation. Thank you. Can I proceed, Chair? You may proceed. I'll give you five yeah. minutes. Good, good, uh, good, good morning, Chairperson, Deputy Minister, members of Parliament, and the Chair for Civilian Secretariat for Police. I'm responding to the question on the essentiality of the CPS. Why were they not utilized? I must indicate that honorable members, at the time when COVID started, we did make an alternative program to say during COVID, we can have the CPS utilized, but it is the CP, the, the CS, the SAPS that declined to utilize the CS, the CPFs, because the reason they gave, they said this, CPFs are not essential services. They would rather not use them. Instead, they'll utilize the police reservist. It is not on our call. So if you remember, members of parliament, the CPFs are governed by the regulations of SARPs. So it's SARPs that actually demobilize them. If I may go to the other question that asks, to what extent then do we say, the, in terms of the relationship of the judge, TPCI judge and us, yes, the issue of the lack of sound relations, the DPCI judge on their own has reserves the right and he actually is the one who cancelled the, the what to call the programs that were supposed to, to be implemented. On our civilian secretary side, particularly partnership and communications, there isn't much we could do. We could only be led by what the judge wanted to do. Now, on the, on the, on the issue of the CSF policy, as to say, when you say CSF, the training and all that, what is the content? I think the question was asking that. The content of the CSF, Committee Safety Forum, it is guided by the White Paper on Safety and Security that articulates that we should consider that safe community safety matters go beyond the police, the community, the citizens must be active and participate. And in that regard, the CSF, the, CPS, the, the CSPS only facilitates, gives training. But in doing that, we should be able to have a collaboration with the municipalities, the provincial secretariats, and the provincial community safety. But if the community safety, particularly the mayors and the councillors, are not coming on board, we do facilitate, but eventually they must establish these structures because they belong to their pay view. And without that, then it becomes difficult to see the CSF being established. So hence we say on our side, what is the mitigation? Our mitigation is to try to say, no, let's have work on an MOU with Salga and Cocta because it is their space. That's the third sphere of government. That we must then work in that collaboration that we establish this so much needed structure. Now, the last one is the one on the, the, the relationship between C 
the, the collaboration with why are the, are the community structures, the collaboration, if the community structures, I'm not talking CPF, not CSF, CPF, if community structures are not active, it means the police station at the community level, at a, at a police station level, cannot be duly monitored. This is the call that we are saying in line with the NDP, in line with the white paper on safety and security. We also have to encourage our community. Unfortunately, with COVID-19 being with us, it was going to be a bit a challenge for us to do that. But all in all, that's the chairperson I had to say. Thank you. Thank you, honorable members. Um, honorable members, could I ask that if you're still unhappy with your questions not being answered, that you put those questions in writing and that you forward those questions. I'm going to hand over to um, Honorable Sheikh, the chairperson of the Select Committee, before I allow the Deputy Minister to speak. Chairperson of the Select Committee? Chair, I think in the interest of time, I am covered. Uh, but maybe it's safe to say that uh, this is the first time that uh, the Civilian Secretariat is presenting or has a budget of its own. Uh, and we welcome this important engagement with them. Uh, but obviously, we also want to encourage them to ensure that the CPFs, uh, that the communi community policing partnerships are improved between SAPS and the community forums. Um, and also, we want to encourage them to continue their work in the implementation of the Domestic Violence Act by SAPS. And we obviously look further to, uh, we look forward to the further engagement between them and their provincial counterparts um, as we look at the budgets and alignment of programs. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Sheikh. Honorable Deputy Minister. Morning, Chair, and morning to members and to uh, our colleagues from the Secretariat. Uh, my apologies uh, that the IT was a bit of a problem, but we'll request that Dixon uh, must also put us in his space as he sent out links. It was a bit of a, of a, of a hiccup to, to connect, but we have connected. I, I picked up one or two of the questions that were raised when I, I have already connected, like the issue by Honorable Moting that, uh, uh, to use her words, uh, that the, the Secretariat did not stand up for the CPF at the nut joints. And uh, I think, uh, Secretary, we must take note of uh, what she has so that when nut joint sits, uh, because you are part of that forum, the issue of the CPF must be reopened because indeed uh, we can't want to, to work with the community as and when we think it suits us and when it doesn't, we, we exclude them. I think we should look at, at this and see what role can they play uh, moving forward. I know it will not be an easy thing, but we, we must present the case for the participation of our community in our fight against uh, COVID. But as usual, we appreciate the interaction with the, uh, the committee. 
uh, we, we, we learn from you, we, we get influenced by yourselves and uh, out of that we become better uh, people and we, we will go uh, back to, to the drawing board and see how far can we integrate some of the advices that we, you, you, you have given uh, us, but we do take note of your comment and suggestions. Thanks, Chair, for, for the opportunity to interface uh, with uh, both uh, the, the NCOP and the uh, 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 National Assembly. Thanks. Uh, thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister, and thank you also for assisting us with uh, responding to what Honorable Mofoking had, had uh, proposed. Honorable members, that brings us to the end of the Civilian Secretariat uh, budget hearing. Uh, we'll now start with the joint meeting uh, on um, the IPIT budget hearing briefings. I would uh, allow the Deputy Minister an opportunity to introduce the presentation. Honourable Members, please remember that this is the budget hearing. We have had a long session on um, the role of IPED in um, the COVID-19 lockdown period. So let us give IPED an opportunity to present their budget and then we'll take questions from the Honourable Deputy Minister. Honourable members, please be reminded that you should mute your gadgets. Thank you, Chair, and uh, uh, thanks to uh, members for, for this opportunity. Uh, I am with the, the acting uh, head of IPAD, Mr. Uh, who has come in since the Sydney had come to an end, and so it's an honor and privilege for me today to the committee, uh, the acting head of IPAD, Ms. Sadie, who is going to take us through uh, the presentation, which in which through you, Chair, I Please continue. Could we have the presentation, please? Please. Okay. Um, good morning to the. Uh, we do not have the slides. Um, could we be connected? The slides are not connected. We do not have the yes. slides. Yes. Yes, Chair. They are resolving that. Are you able to see the slide, Chair, and honorable members? Not yet. They've put the slide, Chair. It's appearing from my side. It's appearing. Yes, it's appearing. Please okay. do not read. Please do not read every slide. You have exactly half an hour. Thanks, Chair. We will try by all means to work within the allocated time. 
Um, good morning to the chairpersons of the two committees, as well as the honourable members and the deputy minister. Uh, chair, with me, I've joined by the CFO, Mr. Victor Sinna, uh, representative of Program 1, uh, Ms. Palazzi, Program 2, Mr. Kefelagai, Program 3, Ms. Vatu, uh, Program 4, uh, Ms. Molope, as well as the head of uh, the Strategy and Performance Monitoring Unit, and our acting spokesperson, and lastly, our executive support. They are with me, Chair, today. Chair, in terms of our presentation, as Chair has indicated, I'm not going to go through each and every slide. Chair, I will highlight uh, in key uh, points on uh, slide number five, uh, which talks to the, uh, the processes. Chair, um, the new financial year commenced during uh, the national lockdown period. However, IP uh, put uh, the measures in place. Amongst the measures that were put in place, Chair, was the uh, establishment of the steering committee in order to guide IP on the operations. Chair, uh, we have also um, consulted on our um, the strategy, performance plan, as well as the APP. Chair, um, we are investigating cases. However, uh, Chair, they were prioritized, some of them in COVID-19 operations, and all cases on court rolls were pro pro postponed to later dates. Only new cases were enrolled. Chair, one of the areas that was affected is the recruitment and selection process for vacancies that were affected by also the lockdown. Uh, the relocation project, we were about to relocate uh, from our head office uh, current building to the new building. However, that process was di disrupted also by a COVID-19 lockdown. Chair, in terms of our key priority areas, uh, on slide six, IPIT is working with a secretariat to finalize the IPIT amendment bill. Um, the progress is presented in our quarterly meeting with the secretariat. Uh, the backlog targets and active cases were merged so that all cases can receive the same attention. Prioritization of cases including gender-based violence in terms of the high impact is also one of our key focus area. Funds were also identified, Chairperson, to uh, finalize the implementation of Section 23. The department continued to upgrade the ICT infrastructure as well as a case management system in order to support the business operations. Uh, the department also continued and made a commitment to procure basic investigative equipment, such as disposal overall and others, to ensure an effective and efficient investigations of cases by our investigators. We are also uh, engaging the South African police services on the finalization of the MOU for sharing of the services. Chair, uh, we have also re-looked at our uh, allocations and uh, made a commitment to reopen some of the uh, satellite offices that were previously closed due to the financial constraints. The offices that have been identified to be reopened is Appington in Northern Cape, Rustenburg uh, in Northwest, Kwakwa in Free State, Umtata in Eastern Cape. And one of our focus area in the year under review is to uh, conduct the community outreach event 
as well as the performing performing station lectures chair chair without a waste of time i will hand over to the cfo to take us through uh, the budget part thanks chair uh, thank you very much acting ad and good morning chairperson and uh, honorable members my presentation will be very short i'll be focusing on the budget for ipad over the mtf um, next slide please on this slide, what I'm trying to highlight to the Honourable Member is to show the growth in our budget since 2015-16 to 2022-23. So it's basically just to show that our budget in 2015-16 is started uh, in it started at 234.8 million, and uh, in the outer year it will be 393. There was a slight increase in 2017-18 between 2017-18 and 18-19, mainly because of the additional funding that we received from SAFs. And then on the next slide, what I want to highlight, uh, Chairperson, is that um, uh, the growth on our budget, it does not cover any expansion of function. It mainly focuses or covers the escalation in terms of our contractual obligation, which means we cannot expand or add additional function to, to IPED. On the next slide, Chairperson, what I'm trying to demonstrate to the members is our actual budget for 2021. If you take the total budget allocation of 355.6 million and you subtract our compensation of employees, which is 242.8 million, and all the contractual obligation, which amounts to 62.9 million, and also what is left or what is remaining for us in terms of honoring the um, obligation in terms of section, section 23, what is left for our operation is actually 8.9 million, so which is not adequate. But this current financial year, Chairperson, due to the impact of COVID-19, we realized some savings on our budget, which actually lessened the impact of, of underfunding on our budget. On the next uh, slide, Chairperson, uh, we are showing the MTF budget allocation per program for the MTF. What, we are, uh, what I would want to highlight here is that program two, which is our core business, uh, the allocation for 2021, it uh, accounts for 64.95% uh, of our budget, uh, which is followed by Program 1, 29.52%, and uh, Compliance, Monitoring and Stakeholder Management, 3.58% uh, of our budget, and then the last one is Litigation and Advisory Services. So if you look at the nominal growth uh, for our budget from 2019-20 to 22-23, is just 5.3%, uh, which is slightly below the inflation. And then the next slide, uh, Chairperson, it shows the allocation per economic classification. There what you are showing is that um, uh, compensation of employees, it continues to account for a larger percentage of our budget. If you look at 2021, it accounts for 68.3%, followed by uh, goods and services, 30%, and then the rest, um, payments of capital asset is 1.5%. Uh, of our budget. And then in terms of breakdown per program, this is just to show you that program one will get uh, 92, uh, no, it's, it will get 104.9 million in 2021, and then 2022, 2023, it will get 121.5 uh, uh, million. And then its nominal growth over the MTF, it's 9.5%. Uh, program two, the current financial year, the allocation is 231 uh, million. Uh, it will grow to 248.8 million in 22-23, and the nominal growth there is 3.2 percent. And then program three, uh, total allocation for 2021 is 6.9 million, 
and then the outer year is 8.5 million, and then the nominal growth is 13.9%. And then if you look at program four, which is our last program, the current financial year, the allocation is 12.7 uh, million, and then it will increase to 14.4 million in 22-23, and its nominal growth is 7.1%. And then uh, the next slide, Chairperson, it just uh, shows members the allocation per province, uh, the total allocation for provinces for 2021 is 172.1. Uh, Can you go to the next slide? Yeah. So the total allocation is uh, 172 uh, million, uh, and then it will increase to 190.6 million over the MTF. And then in terms of uh, the province with the highest allocation this current financial year, it's Western Cape with 23.5, followed by uh, Houting, 23, just above 23 million. And then the third province is KwaZulu-Natal uh, with 22.9 uh, million. And then the next slide, uh, Chairperson, we, we are just uh, highlighting to members in terms of uh, the budget allocation priorities. Uh, the first one that we wanted to highlight is that our, our baseline allocation has been done to ensure that we, uh, we, we, we meet the priorities of government. And there what we are emphasizing is the NDP. And we also had to prioritize our budget to implement Section 23 in order to comply with the court order. And then uh, from time to time, Chairperson, our focus always is to ensure that our core business is uh, properly funded. So whatever saving that we realize is directed towards our core business. And then um, in number five, what we want to emphasize there that uh, uh, in general, IPD is experiencing a capacity constraint. However, the following functions are extremely uh, affected. Uh, the first one is integrity, strengthening, and protection. Here, Chairperson, what we, um, our aim there is to ensure that we strengthen the ethics and to professionalize IPIT. So the key activities under this is uh, docket inspection, uh, random uh, testing in terms of um, conducting breathalyzer tests for investigators, and uh, lifestyle audit. So currently, we are not able to... Uh, adequately perform, for example, lifestyle audit because we don't have funding to, to implement that uh, activity. And then the second one is uh, legal services and uh, contractual management. Uh, the nature of our business is that uh, we get challenged uh, in most of our cases, so we have to defend ourselves in most of these cases. And in some instances, we have to litigate. So um, currently, we have to prioritize funds to make sure that we've got adequate funding for us to be able to achieve this. So it's also one of the areas that are affected. Uh, the third one is in terms of coverage and accessibility. I think the complaint that we've consistently been receiving from the committee is in terms of the access by ordinary South Africans to IPIT services. So it's one of the areas that we are not uh, fully able to do because of the limited funding. And then the fourth one is in terms of compliance. Uh, our aim was to strengthen internal control uh, uh, by creating additional posts so that we, have, we fully addressed uh, the issues of audit. So currently we are not able to, to create those positions also because of, 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 of funding. And the last one is uh, community outreach events. Currently we don't have adequate funding to uh, fully uh, implement community outreach. Uh, we've been piggybacking on some of the activities from the ministry to be able to, to achieve this. So, uh, Chairperson, the last slide uh, is just to show the members that we still have key activities uh, that or policy matters that we are not able to fund with the current allocation. And the first one is in terms of expansion strategy. 
So we are not able to um, expand in terms of creating uh, additional regional and district offices. Uh, currently, we, what we had to do in the meantime was to create uh, satellite offices. However, the intention was to create fully-fledged regional as well district offices, but we are not able to do that because of uh, limited funding. And also, uh, Chairperson, uh, we are not able to fully implement uh, Falam Commission report recommendation, which was aimed mainly to strengthen our operational and structural independence so that we limit reliance on, on subs and other departments. So we are not able to do that mainly because we don't have adequate funding. And also, the third one is to implement our security analysis uh, report, which also included the protection of our investigators. It's also one of those key areas that we are not able to fully do because we don't have adequate funding. And lastly, uh, Chairperson, we are not able to implement our disaster recovery plan, uh, which is uh, aimed at uh, safeguarding our information and also making sure that all our information is properly backed up. So we are not able to do that because of uh, limited funding. So that is uh, the input, input from myself, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Chairperson, Head of uh, Strategy will take us through the performance targets. Good morning, Chairperson and Honourable Members. I'm going to look at the strategic plan and the APP. Um, Uh, Chair, we seem to have lost the sound. Um, I put the could you please say, all right, we are back. Could you please continue? Um, in terms of the strategy... Okay, continue. In terms of the strategic plan, um, our plan has four outcomes nine outcome indicators, each with five-year targets, all contributing to the impact statement. The progress of these five-year targets will be monitored through the implementation of the annual performance plan. Um, the IPID impact statement reads as response and accountable police service that renders professional service in a human rights environment. Our first outcome is effective and efficient administrative support and uh, we have three outcome indicators. The first indicator is percentage increase in ICT systems availability, improved financial governance, and percentage increase of vacancies filled within six months. The next slide speaks to the outcome on reduced level of police criminality and misconduct, and the outcomes indicators read as follows. There's an increase in number of criminal cases decided by NPA, increase in number of disciplinary recommendations initiated, and increase in number of disciplinary recommendations finalized. And then we have the outcome on um, departments legal interest protected. Here, our outcome indicators is percentage of legal advice resulting in resolved investigation challenges and percentage of reduction of number of legal claims against the department. Our other outcome is the improved awareness on IPID services. Our indicator, outcome indicator in this regard is increase in number of people reached out through awareness, national, awareness campaigns nationally. Um, Chair, the following slides will 
focus on the annual performance plan per program. We have our program one, which is administration. The purpose of this program is to provide strategic leadership, management, and support services to the department. This program consists of five sub-programs with a staff complement of 107, as indicated on the slide. Um, the outcome for this program is effective and efficient administrative support, and it has five output indicators. The first output indicators percentage or percentage implementation of ICT infrastructure plan per year, percentage implementation of annual internal audit plan per year, percentage implementation of risk mitigation strategies per year, percentage compliance of SMS financial interest submitted through e-disclosure, and percentage vacancy rate per year. Our second program is investigation and information management. The purpose of this program, which is our core program, is to coordinate and facilitate the department's investigation processes through the development of policy and strategic frameworks that guide and support on investigations. Please, the program please allow, sorry, my, my apologies. Allow mm -hmm. me to interrupt, please. Allow mm -hmm. me to interrupt you, please. My apologies okay. for interrupting you. You have 10 minutes left to do this presentation. If you're going to continue reading word by word, we are not going to get through this presentation. Members have received these presentations they have read. We do not need you to read word for word, please. please. Noted, Chair. Um, program 2, the investigation information management then has 13 outputs indicators. Then moving to um, our th program three, the legal and investigation advisory services, which manages um, and advises investigations, has three programs and six staff complements. Program four um, has four indicators and staff of 15 uh, staff complements. Okay, uh, thanks, Chair. Chair, in conclusion, um, IPT is currently security control measures to ensure safety of our investigators. We are also putting measures in place uh, in line with the national state of disaster regulation for COVID-19. Uh, our performance, Chair, in both investigation and stakeholder engagement will be affected by national uh, lockdown. However, IPT will do its best to investigate all cases received within the available resources. Thanks, Chair. Um, could I have the chairperson of the select committee before I allow the deputy minister to round off and then I'll take uh, questions. Could I please see your, your questions? You are only going to be given one question. Honorable uh, Chair you. of the select committee. Uh, thanks, Chair. For my side, uh, I have nothing else to add. In the interest of time, perhaps we should just continue with the meeting. Thanks, Chair. No, no, no. Thanks, Chair. I think yeah, we're uh, the best members Thank you. Um, Honorable Whitfield. I've asked, uh, I've seen your question. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Your blonde, shaky mom. Shambeni. Shambeni, Grunewald. Could we start in that order? Please don't forget Nita. Forget Nita. And Dodo. All right. Could we start with um, uh, uh, Whitfield? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, firstly, thank you very much for the presentation, and uh, I, I remain extremely concerned, Chair, that IPED remains constrained uh, to fulfil its mandate by the uh, budgetary constraints that are imposed on this very, very important department. Um, and if we are limited to one question, Chair, then what I will ask is given that program two is the core business of the department, and given the fact that program two is the only program where the percentage of um, uh, the percentage of that program's budget related to the entire budget declines over the medium term, why has IPED not adjusted the targets downward? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Could I have um, Chloe next and then Dodovu? Uh, thank, you, thank you very much, Chair. Chair, it's, 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 it's worrisome, really, and uh, I, I don't know where to start if we are going to be limited to one question. Because the issue here is the major challenge of funding. For example, they are raising the issue here of 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 uh, having to spend more than 200 million on compensation and 8.9 million for operations which to me is a cause for concern because the it, it, it has an effect on their efficiency so the question would be what are the measures that they have in place to 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 maximize efficiency with the little funding that they have also looking at the fact that there will be the opening of the offices that were closed because we don't want those offices to be opened just for the sake of opening those offices must be opened and be fully staffed and equipped to be able to respond to, to, to the demands of the people. So so that's the that's the worry that I have. I've got many, but I will I will I will I will stick to that chair. Thank you very much. Uh, thank thank you very much, Honorable Dodovu, then Shembeni. thank you very much, Honorable uh, Chair. I I first want to suggest that we must find a a better way to to, to manage our time so that we we have more time sufficiently to engage with 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 iPad. I'm not going to pose a question, but I'm just going to say that for me and for us, iPad is very much important, and we support its work. And there must never, at any point in time, be an impression created that we don't support it because we value it. We value its contribution. And we appreciate the kind of work that they are doing. And going forward, it is the challenge on the part of IPD, IPED, 
to manage the resources that they have quite prudently to ensure that it accomplishes its own objectives. Going forward in the future, we I propose that both the Select Committee and the Portfolio Committee must have time to thoroughly engage with IP in all the issues that they are dealing with. Thank you very much, Chair. Chairperson, you skipped me. No, Honorable Tablanche. Honorable Tablanche, please wait. You are on the list. Uh, Shem Bailey and Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable members, could we please give uh, our given opportunity for you to raise your hands again? In the meantime, Put your notes in the chat group, the meeting chat. For now, I'll, I'll come back to you. We are going to take um, uh, Shembeni and then Tablanche, you are noted. Shembeni, you will continue. Chairperson, uh, when I raise hand, you don't uh, recognize me. When I press the button, is whereby I make noise and you you recognize me. Can you recognize me, please? Honorable Mutsama, so you are on the list. Honorable Shembeni, you may continue. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much for the presentation. I just want to find out from the directorate uh, the, in program one. Seemingly, there are two indicators that were removed there. Can they explain to us why were these uh, indicators removed, especially the indicators that talks to the perf uh, 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 the indicators that talk to the positive audit outcome uh, in program one? Why were these indicators removed? The other one is talking to the seven strategic uh, uh, player training. Thank you very much, sir. Um, thank you. Then Shaky Mum and then Hurnavald and then Terblanch. Thank you. Thank you, Chair, and thank you for that presentation. I've got about 22 questions, but uh, due to oppression, I'll stick to the one. Chair, Honorable Shaky Mum, Honorable Shaky Mum, we have had a meeting on iPad Way and you had an opportunity to ask the minister questions. You asked more than 50 questions already. <laughs> so today you have one, please. Thank you. Thank you very much. Chair, my concern is this, that, you know, IPED is talking about filling a lot more vacancies. Their targets have been increased. They have a budget constraint. They have a capacity constraint. The numbers are increasing if you look at the number of complaints against police officers and things. Now, I want them to tell us exactly how they're going to achieve this with so many constraints that they haven't been able to to provide a, 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 and complete these, uh, and the time limit that they are actually giving us. Really, I think they've been very optimistic, too optimistic. I can't see them giving it, but they must explain it to us. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Grunewald uh, and Inter Blanche. Thank you, Chair. Chair, I first, I, I first just want to have clarity on one matter. And then my question, the clarity is that Mr. Senna, at the end of his uh, presentation, he made a remark, and I just want to make sure whether I heard him correctly. Uh, 
he said that they had inefficient funds to be ensure that their data is correct. I just want to get clarity on that. Uh, was he specifically referring to slide 20 and the uh, disaster recovery plan? Uh, because that's a quite uh, an important uh, remark from him. My question uh, in short, Chairperson, is as far as the cases are concerned now and also on the COVID-19 uh, period we are moving in, may I ask how does the department distinguish between cases, normal cases, and cases related to COVID-19? Because uh, previously I've asked a question on discrepancies uh, as far as figures are concerned. Can I get that criteria, please? What do they see as COVID-19 related cases? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, De Blanche. Chairperson, thank you. Let me also start by saying I am concerned that we only allowed one question because we Obviously, there are a lot of things that we need to cover, but I'll stick to my one question. Chairperson, um, we heard a very, very sad story. We heard, a, we heard a story that no budget and a lot of things that will not be done. That is the story, overriding story that we heard. Chairperson, something that doesn't make sense to me. While they have this very limited budget, we are told that one of the intentions is to open offices in provinces. Uh, on the other hand, their personnel numbers are going down from 415 to 391. So my question is, why would they be spending additional money on office space uh, while their personnel strength is going down? Jefferson, and then I want to know how are they going to cope with a load of work that they have. Thank you, Chairperson. I've got many more questions. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, and now I have Honorable Mikulakos and then Zanda Mela. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, let me start by saying that I find it very ironic that uh, every year during the uh, budget presentation of IPID, all members are in agreement that uh, it's very worrisome and unacceptable that uh, the entity tasked with actually ridding uh, SAPs from, uh, from all the criminals in its midst um, is so underfunded. But when it actually comes to the budget vote itself in the House, um, those exact members are silent or heckle the opposition when we oppose this. Um, but be that as it may, Chairperson, my question is a provincial uh, one or province-specific, and that is with regards to um, the share of the allocation that the Free State receives um, every year. You will see on the slide over there that the Free State's uh, share percentage-wise um, is declining um, from this year, to, well, from last year to this year, 11.7% um, to just over 11%. However, we have received in the presentation a few days ago indication that the Free State's um, number of complaints, specifically um, during this time um, of the lockdown, 
has increased the most in the country, I think 67% as compared to the same time last year. My question is, how does IPID propose the Free State uh, deal with this increase, um, the highest in the country, um, of complaints um, during this time if its share of the allocation um, as a province is actually declining? Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. Zandra Mela and then Motsamai. No, no, thank you, Chair. Uh, mine it, uh, it's just on the, I had uh, in the presentation, they said they, they'll be re relocating to the new building. I just wanted to find out if that building is it rented or uh, the department bought uh, the, 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 the building. And how do they determine the, 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 the allocation of offices to the regions? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Motsamai? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, there are a lot of cases. This is a felony. And Mloho assault about to the case is they had a feeling down. In a committee, a committee, a committee, oversight, what is the problem? Can case the Lord have a fellow? Thank you very much. Mola and then Nita. Mola. Chairperson. I don't have a question. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nita. Thank you very much. My question, Chair, is on the issue of capacity constraints that have been raised by the presenter. What I'd like to know from the presenter, Chair, mm -hmm. he did outline the areas where they are effective. But in terms of the capacity constraints, they didn't detail to us which are those areas that they have capacity constraints. That's the only question there. Thanks. Thank you very much, Honorable Member. Have I missed any hands? If you are all covered, could I hand over to um, the iPad response for their responses? Thanks, Chair. Please, honorable members, honorable members, would you please mute your mics? Thanks, Chairperson and the honorable members. Chair, the first question that was raised by Honorable Winfield related to um, the budget constraints and the program two uh, targets. Chair, we, we had what we call a Lukota, strategic Lukota, where we looked at our uh, budget allocations against the targets. And we review most of the targets. Uh, all the targets that were increased, Chair, in program two, were increased mainly due to the previous performance. Uh, when you looked at our audited uh, annual uh, report, you'll realize that in some of the targets, there has been an increase. 
So as a result of that, IPIT has used an historical data in order to determine some of the future um, uh, uh, targets. The budget was also taken into consideration when that was done. And hence, when CFO presented, he indicated that the bulk of our budget has been allocated to uh, Program 2 in order to ensure that we perform all the targets that we have uh, indicated in our uh, strategic documents. Chair, uh, with regard to uh, the satellite uh, offices, opening, or why are we opening a satellite offices on whether we'll be able to uh, manage them within the constraints? Chair, we are looking at the current situation uh, where we, are, we have a distance that is traveled by the investigators. I'll give an example, Chair. You've got an investigators who are traveling within an Appington and Kimberley. Uh, we had a satellite office in Appington where we were able to assist the community members there. But since the closure of the satellite office, we are experiencing a problem where our investigators have to travel from the provincial office in Kimberley to Appington. So, Chair, even after we have closed that, we then realized that uh, financially we are affected because of we spend more money now on the traveling. Hence, we have taken a strategic decision to reopen some of the uh, satellite offices so that we are able to save. So the money that we've been using on the traveling long distances will be now utilized to save those satellite offices that we are opening. And at the same time, the community members will be able to access the services of the IPAD. Chair, uh, the other questions uh, with regard to relocation, uh, the progress. Chair, uh, the previous report that I've received was that we should be in a new building by July. This building, the procurement was done by Public Works on behalf of IP. However, due to the COVID-19 uh, lockdown, the processes were affected. The service provider was busy partitioning the offices as well as the, um, the floor plan that was uh, in the process of approval by municipality. So those two processes have been affected by this lockdown, but we are engaging the public works as well as the municipality to ensure that they assist IP. But we do have the budget. In fact, what we are going to pay to the new building is less than what we are currently uh, paying. Chair, with regard to um, the COVID-19, I think there, were, uh, uh, there was a question from the Honorable Grunewald. Chair, um, we, are, we, are, we are very clear on our uh, statistics related to COVID-19. When we appear before the Honorable uh, Committee last week, we presented uh, the adjusted uh, presentation. So when we were, pre we were presenting that chair, we, we had uh, initially 403 cases. Out of 403 cases as a total intake, we had 199 cases that were specifically relating to uh, COVID-19. And on our revised uh, presentations, we had a total intake of 828 cases and out of 828 cases, we had 376 cases that are related to COVID-19. 
And the difference between COVID-19 and other cases, Chair, is, is this. When you look at COVID-19, we are mainly referring to cases that happen when the, or incidents that happen when the police are conducting uh, COVID-19 operations. However, there are other cases that are not classified as COVID-19. Those cases are incidents that happened before the COVID-19, but The, yes, the sound is coming back. Do we have sound? We, we just missed We Could you please um, repeat? We Your sound was um, compromised. Jefferson? Yes. Please repeat Do your have... last sentence. Okay. Okay, Chair. My last input is on the uh, COVID-19. Chair, the Honorable Hulnevald asked a question on uh, the difference between COVID-19 related cases and other uh, cases. Chair, when you looked at uh, the COVID-19, we are referring to all cases that were reported related to the conduct of police during the COVID-19 operations. With regard to uh, non-COVID-related uh, cases, we are referring to some of Our technical people, could again. we please assist that he's, uh, we're losing him again. Sound, we're having a problem with sound. Our technical people, could you assist us, please? We find it very difficult to follow. Chair, can I also ask, while they're fixing the problem, uh, what is a COVID-19 operation? Uh, that's, that's actually my question. The, the criteria, what they use, is uh, referring to a, a COVID-19 operation. What do they see as a COVID-19 operation? Thank you, Chair. Uh, Honorable Grunewald, I, I accept there's a number of questions which they're still struggling to answer. As soon as they come online, we'll give them sufficient opportunity to respond. Um, I would also then ask members to include in the meeting chat if they're unhappy with the manner in which their questions have been responded to. We have a problem with iPad. We have lost our connection with iPad. Uh, Chairperson, it's, it appears that the connection has been lost on the iPad side. Our technical team has just advised us. So we must try to um, um, reconnect with him. Thanks. Honourable members, uh, that uh, does uh, compromise us a little bit. Could I ask the Deputy Minister?
to assist us, please? No, thanks. Obviously, I uh, some of the people might agree on unless if we re-establish connections to get the response that have not been responded uh, to that members in right. But I, uh, there well, the other issues that were raised were more complementary, and I think the main. Let's try to reconnect or agree that the submissions be made in writing. Um, thank you, Deputy Minister. Honorable Sheikh, the chairperson of the NCOP, I'd like your comment on the situation. Uh, thank you, Chair. Chair, I want to agree that perhaps we should get uh, written responses because um, it will be difficult to continue this meeting if we keep getting interrupted because it's not only just the connection. I, th I think the quality of their connection is the problem. Uh, so I would agree that we get uh, written responses and, and we chart a way forward, Chair. Thanks. Um. Honourable members, my um, solution to this would be to consult with all of you if we should have another session for IPID. So um, I'm going to work with the administrators and uh, the ministerial team and IPID office to request an additional hour or hour and a half with IPID. I do believe that we have not done justice to this budget and that we need another session. Uh, Honourable Deputy Minister, I'm sure you could agree that we could facilitate such a meeting? No, I, I, I will remain guided by, by members. If members feel that uh, let's have an hour or so to respond to the issues raised, it will not be a difficulty from our side. We will be happy to do that. Honourable members, we cannot um, continue with the IPIT meeting tomorrow because the NCOP, the select committee, will not be with us tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to do the CEDA budget and then I'll arrange another session for the IPIT budget. Uh, could I get an indication if that would uh, satisfy the House? Honourable members, would you be happy with that? Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If agreed. Members, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you. If the members agree, then the meeting I is adjourned. With I agree, Chair. Thank you very much. With that agreement, I now adjourn the meeting, and we'll reschedule another session for at least an hour, an hour half for for iPad. Thank you very much.